0: The greatest gift you have in this life is free will. You have a choice in how you're going to deal with adversity. Sometimes you have to ignore those feelings. If it is a monumental crisis that requires action right now, you may have to set those feelings aside to deal with the problems in the moment and get off
1: the X. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm so excited today that you're able to join us, uh, not just for your own leadership, but I think you are going to get so much from our guest today. I know that I have already reading his book and I am very eager to have this conversation with uh, Jason Redmond. Jason is a retired Navy SEAL. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he relates the tactics that Navy SEALs use and have used for decades to lead, to build elite teams, and deal with the highest levels of adversity. And uh, no matter what adversity you're facing today, I know that uh, Jason's going to have some insight for you on that. He teaches his overcome mindset and how it helped him rise above leadership failure, vicious enemy ambush and even debilitating business crisis. And Jason's story, his, his message, and I think you're gonna get his vibe, uh, vibrant energy. And he's a sought after speaker internationally, nationally. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about his book, Overcome, Crush Adversity with the Leadership Techniques of America's Toughest Warriors, which is just out. It's like, we're as we're recording, it's like only been on the shelves for six days. So this is fresh and new and excited to be able to bring it to you. Jason, thank you for being here with us on leadership without losing your soul.
0: David, my honor, man, Uh, thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, you've got quite a story, but you know, before we get into the book or any of that, Jason, I'd like you to take us back a little bit. And I wanna ask you if you would share with us your earliest memory of yourself as a leader. I don't think I was
0: naturally a leader when I was a kid. I had an aspiration to be a part of the military. I had a service-minded um, soul, I guess, when I was young. I, I like to help. I like to bring people together. Um, but interestingly enough, my sister was probably much more the leader than I was in our family when I was younger. It wasn't until I got into the military that I started you know, grow up. And I tell people, I think I'm a late, I was a late bloomer. I mean, there's definitely no doubt I bloomed late in a lot of different areas, both athletically, physically, uh, and definitely in leadership. I mean, I'd say I was well into my mid and even late twenties before I really started to emotionally mature, which I think is a key component of leadership. But it was, it was this road as a, as a young seal and being placed into certain positions that I started to recognize that, um, One, I liked leadership. I liked being able to bring people together to accomplish a common goal. And two, I noticed that, you know, by doing some of these right things that people would follow me. So all of these things kind of paved the way as I got a little bit older and I just think I
1: grew and grew from there. All right. So even as you were saying that, like, well, as as a young person, I didn't think, but I did like bringing people together and I did like serving. And I don't know, that sounds like leadership to me, even if it hadn't fully bloomed or matured yet. So thank you for sharing that with us. No, absolutely. And, it, and it's a really important point. It's a point that I hear a lot,
0: you know, and it's the age old debate. Are leaders born or are leaders made? And I, I definitely believe leaders are made. I am living proof of that. I mean, I've made, I've made plenty of mistakes and oftentimes companies will bring me in and they'll, they'll try and say leadership expert. And I say right off the bat, I have no leadership expert. I am a student of leadership. Uh, through the school of hard knocks. But the greatest thing is leaders absolutely are made. Now, there are some people that have natural genetic traits and personalities that lend themselves to be better leaders right out of the gates. But you, uh, you can control everything about yourself. I mean, I talk about different areas of leadership in the book, Overcome, emotional leadership being one of the areas that I'm weaker in. But I watch it, I'm aware of it, and I know the little triggers, and I watch those things to make sure I'm not falling back. So if any of you out there listening are like, man, I wish I could be a better leader, the good news is you absolutely can.
1: And I love that distinction. I'm not a leadership expert. I'm a student of leadership. And I will tell you that I think, Jason, any outstanding leader that I've ever known would say the same thing. I am a student of leadership. I'm constantly trying to learn how to be better at bringing people together, about serving the people, about you know, helping them overcome the adverse. I mean, there's so many different aspects to it, but we're always learning. And boy, thank you for that distinction. Just love that. Well, let's, let's dive into your book. There is a lot here. And I got to tell you, as you're listening to the show today, one of the things that I loved about Jason and about his book is his Humility. Uh, And humility might not be the first word that comes to mind when you think of, uh, you know, Navy SEALs in combat. Uh, But that might be because you don't know Navy SEALs. And in reading Jason's book, there is a lot of humility. We start in this book with failure. And so I want to, the the book is broken up into different sections. Survive, lead yourself, lead others, and then lead always. And I got to tell you, Jason, I just loved this approach, starting with survive. Because so many leadership books and so many leadership experts, I put that in quote, uh, thought leaders and what have you, you know, dive straight into the overcoming and the here's what we're going to do and so forth. And you start with survive. (laughs) And you've got some particularly real world reasons that you start there. So can you talk to us about where survive comes from, why you start the book there and your own experience and why that's so important?
0: Yeah, I started the book there because um, at multiple times in my life when things have gotten off track and I've had to come back to reevaluate who I am as a leader or even grow up a little bit as a leader, it's been in moments of crisis. And I think as humans, we are the same way when everything's going great. Uh, we tend to operate a little bit on autopilot and we're, we're looking ahead and we're making decisions. It's only when things really start to go wrong that we're starting to peel back the onion and figure out, oh, my God, what is going wrong? Um, there's usually a natural tendency to look outward instead of inward. And, and all of that were lessons that I learned along the way. Um, with the most critical of those being that crises are always going to come. Um, that's the one guarantee in this life. The struggle will always be real. I don't care how great you think you have it right now, another crisis is coming along. We're recording this in 2020. 2020 has been a year of crisis and ambush, and I've got bad news. It's not gonna be the last bad year you're going to have. Um, And there may even be bigger ambushes on the horizon. I survived a pretty vicious enemy ambush, thanks to my team, thanks to a lot of external factors, And a little bit of the internal drive and overcome mindset, the big man above enabled all of those things. But the bottom line, it started with a concept. And the concept was this idea, two parts, everybody in life is going to get ambushed. So a lot of people may read the book or may hear my story and go, ah, you know, I'm not going to listen to that guy because he's a Navy SEAL and I can't relate to a Navy SEAL. I can't relate to combat. I'm in business or I'm in whatever sector. But the reality is you may not be able to relate to the bullets and bombs of a battlefield, but you unequivocally can relate to the bullets and bombs of life. And, And if, believe it or not, the human mind doesn't necessarily, when you go into fight or flight mode, the human mind doesn't distinguish between, oh, this is real bullets or, oh, these are bullets and bombs of life. It, you know, your stress levels, your heart rate, your anxiety, all those things are gonna be the same regardless of the situation you're in. And when we call that in special operations, we call that point of attack, we call the crisis, we call it the X. And in order to survive, uh, you have to get off the X as quickly as possible. And, and I learned that in my special operations career, that's exactly what my team did. But I so went forward from that point and I started really writing a lot more and analyzing leadership and analyzing crisis and resiliency. I began to realize that everybody out there gets ambushed. Everybody out there gets stuck on the axe. And believe it or not, that common mistakes people make in firefights who are trained up well are the same as when people get into life ambushes, get into crisis.
1: So let's just break this down for just a second. I want to make sure that uh, our listeners understand exactly what you're talking about here, because this is real. uh, And when you say, hey, you might not be able to relate to bullets and bombs, but you can relate to. So, and we don't need to go into the whole story. I want people to read this. It's incredibly well written. But you describe being caught in an ambush in the Middle East. You were leading your team. And when you say get off the X, you were in a literal X, pinned down and shot multiple times by crisscrossing machine gun fire and completely now at that point, reliant on your team and on your own determination to survive to somehow make things work out. And obviously they did, you're here with us, but uh, it's not a story to be missed. And so when we talk about resiliency and we talk about overcoming adversity, I can't think of anything that is harder to deal with in that moment than that. And the point that you make about emotionally, the fight or flight response for all of us, our bodies treat it the same way. Absolutely. And so when Jason is sharing these, I just want to make sure we're all understanding that when we're hearing about, okay, let's get into how we deal with panic and own it and accept it and, and move forward and get off the X, you're talking to somebody who has been on the toughest X there is to get off of. And so there's so much value here for us. So Jason, I'm sorry, I just wanted to emphasize that. And, and-, and you know, what's interesting is oftentimes people automatically
0: assume that that X, that, that firefight X and being all shot up, hit eight times, you know, 40 surgeries over four years was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. And it's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life was the leadership failure I had had, you know multiple years earlier. And climbing out of that hole and having to earn back the trust and credibility. And I know there's some of you out there that can relate to this because many of us in life have failed and we've, we've had some sort of catastrophic failure that's come along in our life, our lives. And that's painful. It's painful to deal with. It's painful to deal with the people. It's painful to build back the trust and respect for whatever happened, you know, whether it was intentional or unintentional, whatever happened. I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. It's never too late to get off that X. And it is a choice. Oftentimes we listen to the lies within our own head that tell you, oh, it's too late. You're never gonna be able to come back to this. You're never gonna be a good leader again. All those things I wrestled with also. So interestingly enough, you build an overcome mindset and you build this idea of getting off the X by going through these hard times. Congratulations, 2020 is an amazing year to build an overcome mindset if you did not lay down and just give up, you are getting better and you are setting yourself up for success, no different than my leadership failure set me up for success when I got into that enemy ambush. And and, and I'll take a really quick step back because what I realized in both of those situations and now having worked with thousands of wounded warriors, having worked with companies that have been through trauma and leaders who have been through all the same, we have a tendency to to act the same But there's a step-by-step process that you can get off the X. And if you build a mindset of this, if you build this overcome mindset that you tell yourself, no matter how good I have it, bad things are going to come. And when they come, I'm going to react to overcome as quickly as possible. React is an acronym. And it's something I teach in the book. It's one of the fundamental principles I try and give people. So anytime you get into an ambush, And it can be as small as the ambush of the mind, that ambush, you know, the the little voice that's telling you, you're not good enough to do this, you're not ready, you're the wrong race, creed, color, I don't care what it is. All those little lies we all hear, all the way up to the major life ambushes that come along, divorce, bankruptcy, business crisis, failure, lawsuit, you know, life-threatening illness, loss of a loved one, whatever it is. This process is the same, and it starts within your mind that no matter what comes along, I'm going to get off the X as quickly as possible. REACT is an acronym. The R stands for recognize you are in a crisis. That's the first most fundamental level. And I'll be honest, as humans, and especially as leaders, there's a natural tendency to kind of push crisis away a little bit because we we don't want to admit it's happening, You know, especially if things are going really well. You know, we're like, man, things are going well. Oh, that doesn't look good. I'm just going to focus on these other things. And maybe this will start to go away on its own. 95% of the time, it never does. Usually crises only get worse with time. Uh, But it's a natural human reaction to ignore, to procrastinate, to deny, uh, even to self-medicate, you know, a little bit more alcohol, a little bit more, you know, let me go out and do something fun so I don't have to deal with this. Uh, and, And it only makes it worse. Believe it or not, it happens in gunfights too. I've seen individuals that are being shot at and they're a little bit in denial over the fact they haven't come to grips with, they're getting shot at. Number one, you've got to recognize you're in a crisis. This now starts that balling. Number two, you got to evaluate your assets. So what are the tools you have in your toolbox? What's the inventory you have at hand to deal with that problem? If it's a business ambush then, hey, I need to get my team together. I need to reach out to my attorney. I need our accountant. I need, you know, maybe a a forensic accountant. I don't care who it is. You start looking at who, what tools do you have in your toolbox to deal with this problem?
1: And before before you move on there on the, what tools do you have and evaluate your assets? Like I would call attention to one of the tools that, let's talk about frontline or middle level leaders that they frequently overlook is their own team. Yes, you don't, you don't have to have all the answers, and it's one of the points that you make from your own experience. But you don't have to have all the answers. Bring your team together with the right question, and they are assets that can help as well.
0: And David, it's such a good point because oftentimes in a crisis, as leaders, especially if we're if we're coming to that first point, recognizing and and coming to that first where we have to articulate, hey, Houston, there's a problem there's a natural tendency to keep it all inside and, and, and wait too long to bring our team in and get you know your, your team of teams together to start talking about, hey guys, I think this is a problem. What do you guys think? I talk about in this new program I'm launching, this Point Man for Life program, good leaders and good point men recognize the indicators of potential ambushes before they come. And if you are recognizing an ambush before it comes, Man, you can almost, you can either A, totally avoid it, which is the best method, or B, you can at least reduce the impact or C, at least be totally prepared for this ambush when it comes. But most people don't do that. So such a good point to bring your team together as soon as you start to see signs that something's going wrong.
1: All right. So we're talking with Jason Redman, the author of Overcome, and he's taken us through the React method for dealing with adversity, getting off the X. This is powerful stuff. Jason, we've talked about recognize and evaluate. What comes next? Let's take us to the A. So next, so once we've
0: recognized and we've looked at the tools we have in our toolbox, the first two parts, recognize and evaluate your assets. Usually these take the longest. Um, There's a little bit of delay. We're overwhelmed by the anxiety, by the stress, all the different things that come along with a crisis. Once we Admit there's a problem. And once we suddenly realize, oh my God, I have tools in my toolbox that I can bring to bear on this problem, then the reverse happens. There tends to become a sudden sense of massive urgency. And it's human nature. When things are uncomfortable, we want to get out of this as quickly as possible. But the problem is we have a tendency to make decisions without fully thinking through the ramifications of those decisions. So A of REACT stands for Assess Possible Options and Outcomes. And this is something where I tell people, you need to really take a pause in this moment in between the uh, knowing you have these assets, knowing you have tools in your toolbox, take a breath. In the military, we call this letting the battlefield develop. So if you are in an ambush, if you're being attacked, as long as you are not being immediately shot at, there's a little bit of time that you need to take to assess, hey, where am I being shot at? Where's the enemy? What's really happening here? Because oftentimes we get a one-dimensional view and we may think, oh, there's only this shooter over here. When the reality is there's five different shooters spread out all over the place.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and people can make the mistake of rushing out and taking action and putting themselves in a worse situation because they didn't take that time to think through.
1: Oh my goodness, Jason, you were calling to mind. I I cannot dozens, countless situations of where I have seen very action oriented leaders who in the middle of crisis do exactly that. Uh, I got to respond and there. What has made them successful and you listening right now, you might think about this. What has made you successful might be your propensity to take action. Like I act, I do things. I change things. I get things done. That's how I control things. And to take that pause. And as Jason says, as you said, to let the battlefield develop, to actually look at what your options are and what might be the consequences of those. Wow. So vital. I had a great leader and I am all about
0: decisiveness and taking action. You will, you will see in this that the, the last part is take action. The greatest leaders I ever worked for gave me this advice once. He said, never make a decision until you have to. And I, and I remember when I first heard it, I was like, wow, that kind of flies in the face of all the be decisive as possible. But it really doesn't. What he was saying is that as a leader, it's your job to gather as much information as possible. Now, you may only have seconds in a, you know, in a gunfighter and a life threatening situation, or you may have days. But no matter what, there's a period of time that you need to be gathering information, your team, understanding your assets. A is assess possible options and outcomes. So if we look at option A, what we need to play this out a little bit like a chess game. You know, I'm going to mo- make these moves. What's the end state of us making these moves? Option B, option C. And what he was saying is that you may not, you know, you're never going to get to 100%. If you're waiting for 100% of the information, it's going to be too late. But Colin Powell had a great uh, decision-making strategy and he basically said, you know, between 40 and 70% is the sweet spot and, 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 you know, try and get as much as you can, but then be decisive. If you've gone through your options and outcomes and you, you and your team have decided based off these tools, it looks like option B is going to be the best, then, then stop second guessing yourself this is where leaders kind of get them in trouble because we have a whole bunch of options and we start second guessing going, I know my team thought B was good. I know we think that that's best, but I don't know. Maybe a is actually the better route because we don't know all the answers. A options outcomes. And now we get to C choose and communicate, choose that one that you're going to do and then communicate it. And this, this accomplishes two things. One, it stops you from doing that second guessing once Because when it's in your mind, it's going to rattle around and you're always going to second guess yourself because we don't know the outcome. We're in a crisis. We're stressed. You know, bad things are happening. But when you choose and the words come out of your mouth, it's no longer an idea. It has become a concrete thing that you have voiced. And it accomplishes two things. As humans, when it's inside our head, it is just an idea. But once we voice it and we say it out loud, there is a natural human condition that we're like, wow, I've, I've said this now I got to follow through on it. So it creates accountability within yourself when you are in an ambush, uh, when you're on the X, it has its own gravitational pull. So your, your team members get pulled on the X with you, your employees, your staff, your board members, your, believe it or not, even your clients can get pulled onto the X with you. If it's a personal ambush, it's your family, it's your spouse, it's your friends. They all get pulled onto the X with you. So once you choose and you say it, it creates hope because I tell you what, when you're in an ambush and everybody's uncomfortable, everybody is waiting for someone to please make a decision so that we can release this stress and tension and we can know where to go. And and we've all been in that situation when something bad has happened and suddenly somebody stepped up and said, hey, follow me. This is where we're going to go. And we're like, yes, I will follow you. Let's go. But guess what? It needs to be you. So many people are waiting for somebody else to do it. And, and oftentimes that'll never happen. So guess Leaders. what? If you are a leader, it needs to be you. So choose Leaders go first. Amen. Choose, communicate. And now it leads us to the last step of React, which is take action. Once you have communicated where you're gonna go, there is no time to wait anymore. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that are waiting for the perfect moment. They've created this plan. And now suddenly they're like, okay, I know what we're going to do. And they're like, let's go. Okay, hang on. Let's wait a minute. Let's wait a minute. All right. How about no, not now. And then, yeah, there's all these pauses. There is no perfect time. It won't come. And oftentimes people will make excuses to take action. You know, we only have X amount of cash flow within our business. And this is going to cost us money to get out of this crisis. And we were going to close that deal next week. And that would give us some cash flow, So maybe we should wait till next week. Nuh-uh. The time to move is now. Take action, execute. Guys, I can't convey to you enough that I've watched it happen over and over again with other people, uh, with myself. The longer you sit on the X, the X is like quicksand. It pulls you down. And the harder it is to get that momentum going and get up out of that quicksand. So the faster you can go through this React methodology, within reason, uh, is the is the faster you're going to be able to get off that X and and thrive. And if you make a mistake, which sometimes happens, you may go from one X to the next. Then guess what? You're going to do it again. Do the React methodology again, and then you'll get off that X. And you will you won't just survive. I'll tell you what. The most elite performers, if you watch any teams, if you watch any elite leaders the difference between highly successful and elite people and those that aren't is how quickly they get off the X. How quickly do they deal with crisis and move past it? They don't waste time like most people do who are looking back at what they've lost or are looking forward at where they were supposed to go, but now they can't get there because this crisis came along and they don't waste a whole bunch of time. Well, they don't waste any time on trying to find someone or something to blame in the moment. None of that matters. When there's a crisis, you react to overcome, and you get off that X.
1: And I cannot tell you how much brilliance we just heard. So think if you need to take out pen and paper, it's the brilliance of this format, right? Rewind this and walk through those one more time. We've got recognize, so react, recognize you're in a crisis. E, evaluate your assets. What do you have that you can use to deal with the crisis? A, assess, what are your options, your outcomes? Take that pause, then see. Choose, choose it, and communicate it. And I definitely emphasize that second part: communicate it. It's not enough for you to know; your team needs to know too. And then take action and get moving. Uh, and you know, Jason, I want to emphasize what you were saying there at the end: is that this is a habit. It's a muscle memory that you create over time. And learning to do this well helps you to um, not get stuck not get dragged down by the the negative emotions and the what ifs and the who's to fault, but it's a muscle that you develop and the more you do it, the better you're going to get.
0: Absolutely. And that's really what I talk about with the overcome mindset. The overcome mindset is a mindset that it doesn't matter what adversity comes along, you're going to get through it. You're going to get off the X. You will get better and better and you will get faster and faster at this process. Um, I'll caveat it with, I would never, sometimes people have said, well, you're very matter of fact or callous in your thinking. If someone lost a child, how dare you think that they're gonna have to get off the X immediately? Let me stipulate that the timeframe to get off the X may be different depending on the level of crisis you encounter. But one of the things SEAL Teams taught me is you you hope for the best, but you always plan for the worst. And I have three kids, and and maybe this is a little dark, but I've I've thought about almost every crisis I could encounter in my life, including what would happen if I lost a child, and that's that's devastating to think about. And I know there would be a long period that I would need to grieve. But at the end of the day, I have to get off that X eventually because I know so many people who literally have some sort of major life crisis occur, some major ambush, and they wither and die on that X. It may not be physically, but we all know that individual that is mentally and emotionally dead after a major crisis came. And I'll tell you what, if you were to lose a child, if you were to lose a spouse, and I guarantee there are people listening to this right now, that both of those things have happened. The last thing your child or your spouse would want is for you to have stopped living, turn it into something amazing, it, it, for whatever reason you lost that person, then get out there and make a difference on account of that. If you lost them to a disease, if you lost them to a drunk driver, if you lost them to whatever, then guess what? Get involved in that and do it for them because that, it, that now gives you a new mission. And mission gives us purpose. Purpose gives us momentum. All these things.
1: We're talking with Jason Redmond, the author of Overcome, a New York Times bestseller, a uh, severely wounded warrior. And he's been sharing with us the REACT model, uh, how to overcome adversity, get off the X, the the trapped feeling when you're in the middle of an ambush in life, when that adversity comes. And Jason, you were anticipating where I wanted to go next, which was talking about emotions, because it's easy to, yes, absolutely say all this. And then when we were confronted with these things, we've got just a few minutes left. I wanted to take you to uh, chapter seven uh, in your book where you talk about the Pentagon of peak performance because you, you hit the things that we would expect you, right? You need to be you know, physically ready for things and, and healthy in that regard. But I specifically want to take us to the social and emotional components of that. Uh, and we have limited time. So how, do, how, do, how does our emotional health play into this? How do we keep ourselves emotionally healthy? You just mentioned allowing yourself to grieve, right? Well, in the middle of a crisis, you got to solve the thing. But at some point, we are emotionally wired. That's part of our physicality. Like how do we deal with all of that? What suggestions do you have for folks who are, are feeling the feels right now? They're, they're going through things and it is hard and maybe they feel like quitting. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: The Pentagon and peak performance are those five key areas.
1: This gets into the lead yourself. How do we lead
0: ourselves? How do we create balance in our lives? And I do think it's critical that we have balance in all five of those areas. Uh, if you are out of balance, if you're only strong in in one or two of those areas, it, it makes it much more difficult to deal with a crisis. If you are, if you are physically not taking care of yourself in any way whatsoever, guess what? I can guarantee that emotionally you're going to be weaker because our emotions are built not only off our mind; they're built off you know the chemicals and our physical strength of our bodies. So. I won't get too deep into that. I will say, you know, if you wanna read the book, I get deep into how we build ourselves strong in all five areas. But those two components that you talk about, emotional and social are critical. On one side, the greatest gift you have in this life is free will. You have a choice in how you're going to deal with adversity. And yes, there is a natural tendency when crisis comes along, we get sucked into the depression, we get sucked into our feelings and that's okay. Sometimes you have to ignore those feelings. If it is a monumental crisis that requires action right now, you may have to set those feelings aside to deal with the problems in the moment and get off the X. And then you may have to go back and deal with the after effects of that crisis, the trauma. And I highly encourage you guys to do that. I speak a lot to wounded warriors. I suffered from post-traumatic stress after my injuries. I speak to people that have been through tremendous trauma. You can't bottle it up and pretend it didn't. Uh, if you do that, eventually it will come back and eat you. So you have to deal with it. And I highly encourage that. But I will also tell you to fight negativity with positivity, cut out the negativity in your life. It might even be close immediate family. You need to figure out how do I manage this? How do I reduce, you know, is it because they're constantly talking about politics or they're constantly talking about this or that then lay ground rules and just say, Hey, you know what, you know, Aunt Sally, I love you, Aunt Sally, but guess what? We're no longer going to talk about these things. You and I have big differences. I love you, but because of those differences, it's not healthy for either of us. You know, we're going to agree to disagree, and we're no longer going to talk about this. Stop watching the news stop getting sucked into social media. I mean, both of these things have become such negativity pits that I watch people get sucked into all these things play on your emotions. So you have the ability to manage your emotions. You have the ability, you have a choice. So always choose that positivity, accept that you're normal. That if something bad happens and you feel bad about it, that's okay. Don't allow it to become an excuse for the reasons not to act. And also don't allow it to become an excuse to start self-medicating and getting this victim mindset. I've watched a lot of individuals that have had major trauma that make the excuse that I can be a victim because of what happened to me. Like what I what happened to me justifies this behavior. And it doesn't. I'm mean, I'm I'm sorry. Take a little time to grieve, but guess what? You got to drive forward. The second component is social leadership. And what you have to understand is that, you've got to invest in the teams of people around you. I talk about it as rings of influence. That outermost ring is your um, non-personal work relationships. From there, it gets into your personal work relationships, acquaintances, the next ring is, is closer friends. And then the innermost ring is your best friends and your immediate family. And you've got to put time and effort into those most innermost, you got to put time and effort in all the rings, but where you really need to make sure you're investing because most people take for granted the innermost rings. And they think, well, they'll always be there no matter what happens. Well, I hate to tell you, when big life ambushes come along, the outermost rings go away. Not because they don't like you, but just because their world continues to go on. And you know who's still with you when the big ambushes come? It's the innermost rings. And if you have not put the time in, if you have not invested in them, guess what? They may no longer be there. Steve Jobs wrote about it at the end of his life. I mean, here he is, a guy that created one of the most successful companies in the world at this point. He wrote about how much he wished he had this invested more time into his family, into his daughter at the end of his life. Don't be that way balance yourself in social, emotional leadership, look at the other areas, and I guarantee you will be a better leader all around.
1: And I will second that guarantee. This has been an amazingly wisdom-packed few minutes with Jason Redman, the author of Overcome. Jason, you have just scratched the surface of the depth of practical wisdom that's available for leaders in this book. So I would encourage everyone to go out and get Mm -hmm. a copy. Tell us where we can find it and where we can connect with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's sold at all major bookstores. Uh, If you are looking for a signed personalized copy and you want to learn more about me, go to jasonredman.com. From there, you can find my blog. You I have a podcast called Moving the Needle with Jason Redman, where I interview high-level leaders and influencers, athletes. Um, Excuse me, you can get signed copies of the book, merchandise, and down at the bottom, you can find all my socials. I'm, I'm pretty active on social, trying to put out positive content and advice.
1: Well, I think you've got just a taste of that positivity and the ability to overcome and help all of us to get off the X, to move through and overcome life's ambushes. And Jason, I can't thank you enough for the time and the, the wisdom that you've shared with all of us today. I know it's going to make a difference for me. I'm already thinking about a particular situation where I you know, misevaluated tactically a particular business situation and it had consequences. I'm like, all right, let's get off the X. Let's do yes, it. Absolutely. So it has made an immediate impact for me. I know it's going to make an immediate impact for you as you're listening. Uh, Jason, thanks again for being here. And I uh, just want to wish you all the best. And the last thing I want to say, because this is a hard thing to say. I don't know how you say it, but thank you. It's, you know, the, the words are so empty. Like you put yourself out there. You did it on behalf of your team, on behalf of all of us. And there were serious consequences for that for you. And you continue to put yourself out there now to help us. And so just want to thank you for that service. And uh, on behalf of all of us, really do appreciate it. It's my honor. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. All right. So let's get off that X. Let's move through ambushes and be the leader you want your boss to be. Until next time.